0: welcome to day number seven of the reading through the Bible podcast my name is Blake Farley and together we are reading through the one year Bible and we have made it my friends to the end of week number one now I personally want to apologize for days one through five of this podcast mainly because of the audio I had my mic a little bit too hot so kinda crackles and pops And uh, if you survive through those days, you are a champion. Uh, But hopefully the audio is better now. If it's not, feel free to let me know. And be sure also uh, to share your thoughts with me. If you are listening to this podcast, you probably have a way to share thoughts with me, whether that be through Facebook or you can go to my website, BlakeFarley.org. And I should, by the time this is uploaded, have a blog post for Um, The sole purpose of people commenting their thoughts on each of these days. Now with that said, we're going to jump into our reading for the day, which is Genesis chapter 16 through chapter 18, verse 15. And then we'll move to Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 5. And then Matthew 6, 1 through 24. And we'll finally end by praying through Psalm chapter 7. Now, chapter 16, verse 1 of Genesis says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, The Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have a children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarai's proposal. That was a bad choice, Abram. That's my interjection, obviously. If your wife ever tells you to sleep with another woman, you say no. Mark that down for Bible study today. Verse three. So Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened ten years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. So Abram had sexual relations with Hagar, and she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress Sarai with contempt. Then Sarai said to Abram, This was all your fault. I put my servant into your arms, but now that she's pregnant, she treats me with contempt. The Lord will show you who's wrong, you or me. Abram replied, look, she is your servant, so deal with her as you see fit. Then Sarai treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. Wow, that is um, tragic. We see here Abram uh, is a a weak man. Um, He uh, allows Hagar to be treated so harshly uh, that she actually runs away. Uh, really tragic. Verse 7. The angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness, along the road to Shur. The angel said to her, Hagar, Sarai's servant, where have you come from, and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress Sarai, she replied. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress, submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. Pause there. Isn't it good to know that our Lord is close to the brokenhearted? He is close to those who have been treated unjustly. It, it didn't um, it didn't matter to most people probably that Abram's servant was treated harshly. In this culture, uh, some people were valued below other people. It was um, not a big deal, the mistreat a servant. But it is a big deal to God. Wherever you are or however you may be listening to this podcast today and for my own soul, isn't it? Isn't it good to know that with all the heartbreak in the world, God is close. And for those of you who maybe feel like you're not as important as other people, know that the Lord is with you. And the Lord counts all of his children as valuable as any of the other ones. Verse 11. And the angel also said, You are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. This son of yours will be a wild man. As untamed as a wild donkey. He will raise his fist against everyone, and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all his relatives. To which you'd be like, oh great, that sounds like an awesome kid to raise. Verse 13. Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. Wow, that's beautiful. You are the God who sees me. She also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? So that well was named Ber-Alar-Aroi, which means well of the living one who sees me. It can still be found between Kadesh and Bederd. Verse 15. So Hagar gave Abram a son, and Abram named him Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. Chapter 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you, by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. At this, Abram fell face down on the ground. And then God said to him, This is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more is I'm changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I want to pause here. Uh, Abraham was not a good man. We, uh, in Christian culture, make him to be a good man. Uh, But as you see throughout this story, he's kind of a coward. He's weak, and uh, honestly, he's just downright not good, uh, especially when we see what he did to his servant. um, That First off, he forced her to have sexual relations with him so that uh, she could have a son for him, since he did not trust God was going to provide a son like he promised through his wife. And then after this, he... um, Even though it was his fault and he forced his servant to do it, he allows his servant to be treated harshly and uh, lets her run away. And yet still in chapter 17, God is using Abram. Why? Because here's what we need to understand. God uses us in spite of our evilness. It's easy for us to cast um, dispersion upon Abraham, but we must realize really we all deserve the judgment of God. Nobody's worthy to be used by God in his plans. But God uses us. Why? Because it's about God and his power, not our power. He uses the weak to make the strong look foolish. So God gives Abraham a new name. And then in verse 6, it says, I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations, and kings will be among them. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you, from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. And I will give you the entire land of Canaan, where you now live as a foreigner, to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever, and I will be their God. Then God said to Abraham, Your responsibility is to obey the terms of the covenant. You and all your descendants have this continual responsibility. This is the covenant that you and your descendants must keep. Each male among you must be circumcised. You must cut off the flesh of your foreskin as a sign of the covenant between me and you. From generation to generation, every male child must be circumcised on the eighth day after his birth. This applies not only to members of your family, but also to the servants born in your household and the foreign-born servants whom you have purchased. All must be circumcised. Your bodies will bear the mark of my everlasting covenant. Any male who fails to be circumcised will be cut off from the covenant family for breaking the covenant. Then God said to Abraham, Regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah, and I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. Then Abraham bowed down to the ground, but he laughed to himself in disbelief. How could I become a father at the age of 100, he thought? And how can Sarah have a baby when she is 90 years old? So Abraham said to God, May Ishmael live under your special blessing. <laughs> I'm pausing here for my own interjection, you see Abraham still does not trust God. God saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you a father of many nations through Sarah's womb. And Abraham says, uh, <laughs> that's not possible. I'm 100 and she's 90. There is nothing good going to come out of her womb. Her womb is closed. It's over. And uh, so then he says to God, "Okay, May Ishmael live under your special blessing the son that he has had with his servant he doesn't have faith but God replied no Sarah your wife will give birth to a son for you you will name him Isaac and I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant as for Ishmael I will bless him also just as you have asked I will make him extremely fruitful and multiply his descendants he will become the father of 12 princes and I will make him into a great nation But my covenant will be confirmed with Isaac, who will be born to you and Sarah about this time next year. When God had finished speaking, he left Abraham. On that very day, Abraham took his son Ishmael and every male in his household, including those born there and those he had bought. Then he circumcised them, cutting off their foreskins, just as God had told him. Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised, and Ishmael, his son, was 13. Both Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised on that same day. Along with all the other men and boys of the household, whether they were born there or bought as servants, all were circumcised with him. I want to pause here. Just something interesting about Bible reading, uh, especially as we're in these really, really ancient books of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Uh, But even moving forward throughout the Old Testament, you'll see a a lot of uh, repetitive nature. So um, the last three verses there probably could have been said in one verse, but it repeats over and over that they were circumcised and that everybody in the household, whether they were born there or bought there as servants, were circumcised with him. It says that over and over. Why? Well, because we live in a very fortunate time in which uh, most of us, uh, especially in America, have multiple Bibles in our house collecting dust. But in this time, um, before the printing press, you need to understand that only the really privileged got to read these texts or have these texts at their disposal at any time they wanted. Otherwise, they'd be read in public out loud. Uh, And so they were very repetitive so that they would be memorable to the people who were listening. Um, The authors writing this knew that the people who originally were going to read this uh, were not going to be able to read it whenever they wanted to, uh, but they were going to have to be very clear about what they were saying so that it would be very memorable as they heard it. I just think that's really interesting. Chapter 18, verse 1. The Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. One day Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and noticed three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. My lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. Rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on your journey. All right, they said, do as you have said. So Abram ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, hurry. Get three large measures of your best flour, knead it into dough, and bake some bread. Then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to his servant, who quickly prepared it. When the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and the roasted meat, and then he served it to the men. As they ate, Abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees. Where is Sarah your wife? the visitors asked. She is inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year, and your wife Sarah will have a son. Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself and said, How could a worn-out woman like me enjoy such a pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, no, you did laugh. Which, by the way, when the Lord says you laughed, you probably laughed. A um, very interesting um, way to end uh, our reading today in the Old Testament. Uh, With the Lord appearing to Abraham in the trees One of my favorite uh, artists is 21 Pilots Um, They are Christians They're not a Christian band But they are Christians So a lot of their faith comes through in their music And one of my favorite songs that they have Is called Trees And it's all about um, God lingering in the trees And I believe it comes from this section of scripture And it is comforting to know That um, when it feels like God is far He is near He's there and um, he was telling Abraham at the end of this, still, uh, 100 years. It's been 90 years for Abram, uh, for Sarah. Now, I'm getting my ages mixed up, but you get the point. They're both very old, and it would be physically impossible. But the Lord says, is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. It should be encouraging, my friends, to know that nothing is impossible with our God. Moving on to our Proverbs of the day, which would be Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 5. And by the way, I don't think I mentioned it. I try to mention it every time. Uh, We are reading out of the NLT translation. So if you ever want to look up what I'm saying, it's in the NLT. Chapter 2, verse 1 of Proverbs. My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver and seek them like hidden treasure. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. Lord, may that be true of us. I want to seek for your wisdom. I want to seek for it like a hidden treasure because when I find it or begin to understand it, um, then I begin to fear and keep your instructions in uh, a reverent posture in my mind. So that I might gain knowledge of God. I don't want knowledge of men. I want the knowledge of God. Lord, I pray that that be true of me and anyone who is listening today. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 24 is our New Testament reading. It says, Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. By the way, this is Jesus speaking. For you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do. Blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. I want to pause here. Um, we, we ought to give uh, in a way um, in which we can show others so that they might be able to follow. If people don't see how Christians are supposed to give, if they're not discipled in it, then they will never know what it looks like. So, I don't think he's saying hide all of your giving at all times. Uh, But what really Jesus is talking about and what he's always talking about is not the action, so to speak. He's talking about the motivation behind the action. So, in all of our gifts, it should not be because we're trying to get people to think highly of us, but it should be uh, a pure motivation to give because of the generosity of God to us. So, anytime we give, we need to check our motivations. Why am I giving? Am I giving so that people will look at me and think I'm great? Or am I giving because God is great and my only natural response is to pour generosity out on others? Verse 5. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on, as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your Father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask Him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth, as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Yes, Lord, may that be our prayer today as well. Verse 14, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive you your sins. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, this is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your Father, who knows what you do in private. And your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, where the thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And that concludes our New Testament reading. Uh, which is really just kind of sobering as we take a look at um, two ways to live. You can fear people and seek after what people say is important and popular, or you can um, live only for your father uh, in heaven. So what's the motivation? It's easy to say, um, but it's something that only really internally we can battle with. I can't tell you what your motivations are and you can't tell me what my motivations are. That's only something that I can um, see in myself, and it's something that I should look for in myself. should constantly be asking, why am I preaching this sermon? Why am I doing this podcast? Is it to truly help people with the Bible and to worship and praise God, or is it for myself? That's a question I have to answer, and I alone will stand before God to answer that question one day, and you will do the same for the actions in your life. Psalm chapter 7, and as always, we will walk through this psalm in a posture of prayer. I would encourage you to do the same uh, today if you have a chance. Go through Psalm 7 and pray, and this one is going to be uh, very easy to pray. The um, title of it is actually Prayer for Justice. A Psalm of David, which he sang to the Lord concerning Cush of the tribe of Benjamin. Verse 1, I come to you for protection, O Lord my God. Save me from my persecutors. Rescue me, if you don't, they will maul me like a lion, tearing me to pieces with no one to rescue me. God, I pray that you would be my protection. Um, Lord, I do not have to worry about physical pursuers as David did when he wrote this psalm. But Lord, my pursuers are even worse than that. My pursuers come after my soul. Uh, you tell me not to be afraid of those who can destroy the body, but those who can destroy the soul. And... um Lord, there are enemies uh, that attack me with lust and greed and envy, anger, jealousy. Just to name a few. Some are stronger than others, and yet they all want to pull me from you. They are all founded upon lies. And Lord, I ask your protection. I ask your protection over not just me, but your protection over my family. I pray for my brothers, that they would not fall prey to these lies. And Lord, I, I pray for my future kids... I pray for everyone listening to this podcast, that you would protect us for your glory and by your grace. Verse 3. Oh Lord, my God, if I have done wrong or am guilty of injustice, if I have betrayed a friend or plundered my enemy without cause, then let my enemies capture me. Let them trample me into the ground and drag my honor in the dust. Interlude. Father, I um, admire the humbleness of David in this psalm. Uh, Lord, to yearn for justice, not just for his enemies, but Lord, he knows um, that he deserves justice as well for the things that he has done, if he has done them. Lord, would you show me in my own heart where I uh, am not the one being pursued, but I am the enemy? Lord, show me where I've been a bad friend, or I've sinned and hurt somebody. Lord, show me and give me the strength and the courage I need to reach out and to apologize, to ask for forgiveness from that person to make it right. And Lord, not because of guilt or shame, because I am free in the cross, there is no condemnation because of what Jesus has done on my behalf, living the life I couldn't live and dying the death I deserve to die, rising again. Through my trust in him, I know that my sin is is gone, it's off of me, but Lord, I do not want to be a part of hurting others. I want to apologize. I want to know. So search my heart. Show me where I am in the wrong. Verse 6. Arise, O Lord, in anger. Stand up against the fury of my enemies. Wake up, my God, and bring justice. Gather the nations before you. Rule over them on high. The Lord judges the nations. Yes, God, you do. Thank you for your justice. Lord, your justice should scare each of us because we know we deserve it. And yet, Lord, there is also something so right about your judgment, that you are a God who will give justice to those whom deserve it. Continuing in verse 8, Declare me righteous, O Lord, for I am innocent, O Most High. Lord, I do not share this prayer with David. I know that I am not innocent. I deserve your judgment. And yet, Lord, I have been declared innocent because of what Jesus has done on my behalf. So I can join with David in saying that this is true of me, but not because of myself. I ask you to declare me righteous, O Lord, because Jesus was innocent, and he paid the penalty I deserve to pay. Verse 9. End the evil of those who are wicked and defend the righteous. Yes, Lord, we ask you to do this. For you look deep within the mind and the heart, O righteous God. Oh, Lord, yes, that's been much of the theme today, has it not, Uh, Lord, that you look into the mind and the heart, and you know the motivation. Uh, We can fool everybody around us for our whole life, but we can never fool you. You are righteous, and you will judge us at the deepest of all levels. Verse 10, God is my shield, saving those whose hearts are true and right. God is an honest judge. He is angry with the wicked every day. And Lord, I deserve to be a part of the wicked that you are angry with. I am thankful that you as an honest judge count me innocent because of Jesus. This is a psalm of worship for myself. Verse 12. If a person does not repent, God will sharpen his sword. He will bend and string his bow. He will prepare his deadly weapons and shoot his flaming arrows. The wicked conceive evil. They are pregnant with trouble and give birth to lies. They dig a deep pit to trap others. Then they fall into it themselves. The trouble they make for others backfires on them. The violence they plan falls on their own heads. I will thank the Lord because he is just. I will sing praises to the name of the Lord Most High. And yes, Lord, we join with David in this psalm, thanking you for your justice, but thanking you all the more for your mercy and your grace so that we might be counted righteous in front of a just and wonderful God like you. Lord, what a privilege it is that we can read the Bible together, read your holy words together, and understand them, not because we are smart, but because you have given us wisdom, you have given us eyes to see. And Lord, thank you that we can pursue you in prayer and that you hear our cries because of what Jesus has done on our behalf. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed this reading today as much as I did. Um, Really, really uh, enjoying this uh, whole series so far, as we are one week in to what is, Lord willing, going to be a 52-week journey uh, through the entire Bible. I would love for you, as always, to share your thoughts with me. Uh, I don't want this just to be the Blake Farley show. Uh, I'm simply just sharing thoughts as they come to me as I read it. I'm not preparing or planning. So um, maybe God showed you something, uh, particularly maybe God showed you something about yourself or he showed you something about himself, uh, or maybe you saw the gospel, Jesus, in these texts somewhere that I didn't mention. Uh, And I would love to hear that. I'd love to see how God is speaking to you through this. And I would love to know how your time praying through Psalm 7 went in your own personal time also. So be sure to reach out and let me know what you think about today's reading. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by supporting Ascent Church at ascentchurch.org. My name is Blake Farley. This has been Day 7 of the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. And tomorrow we will continue with Day Number 8.